This message was presented at the DYC 2013 conference, Before Man and Angels, in Orlando, Florida. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.dycweb.org. Seminar number five, okay? Uh, we have one more tomorrow afternoon, uh, Sabbath afternoon. Uh, just for a way of a review, uh, the first three messages dealt with... Uh, tools to reach the uh, three W's. You guys remember what the three W's are? Well-educated, right? The wealthy, the worldly, and the well-educated. Excellent. And the things that you learned uh, with David Kim will tie right into to reaching uh, people with a health message as well. And so I'm not going to try to uh, repeat that, but but I really just want to, if you could, for those, how many were here during those three talks with uh, Mr. David Kim? Very good. I'm just going to uh, review. There was one slide that I really liked, and I'm, I'm wanting to get it from him. It's the little uh, schematic with the, the circle. It talks about um, um, your own uh, personal conversion, heart conversion of yourself, which leads to um, stimulating interest in other people, which leads to... Uh, spiritual conversations to Bible studies and then conversions and then you're converted again and that cycle really does and and um, it's something that that's something that that's been happening in my life as well I just you know I didn't put it down on paper and I'm hopefully I see him again I want to get that and see if he'll let me use that in his in my presentations but that's excellent because it really comes down to um, you we're going to talk about some tools today but you are the best tool um, to reaching other people it's uh because we are those living epistles. Uh, do you guys remember what we did yesterday before we got started? Exercise. Yeah, today you're going to get plenty of exercise on outreach. So I thought we'd do something different. Um, and it's early in the morning, and I already did my exercise this morning, and I don't want to get sweaty again. But um, how about singing a song, a scripture song? <clears throat> how many of you have heard of First uh, Peter 2.9? Yeah, this is actually, do you know the Morrises, Bodil and Derek Morris? Derek does the Hope Sabbath School. They always sing scripture songs before they're, they're yeah? I think they've done this one, but um, I guess I'll, for the sake of you guys learning, I'll go ahead and try it, but this will rec be recorded. So for Audioverse or whoever else is listening to this, I apologize um, ahead of time if I miss a note, but let's go ahead and try this. <clears throat> You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, his marvelous light. It's pretty catchy, huh? All right, and it really encapsulates what GYC is about. And so why don't we do it together, and um, we'll do it through twice. Ready? You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, his marvelous light. One more time. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, His marvelous light. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for allowing us to start this day with you. And as we're here at GYC, the third day, I pray that you'd help us to uh, gain tools that would help us to be successful in winning souls for your kingdom. Um, people we can take with us, Father, when you come. And uh, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be with us today. Uh, refresh your minds and help us, Father, to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to try to make this talk a little shorter than uh, yesterday's because I didn't have any time for questions. Um, and there were some really good questions at the end of last night's talk that I think would have been uh, benefited, or the whole group would have benefited from. But uh, the right hand, uh, the right hand to their heart, okay? So, and I'd mentioned yesterday, really, the health message needs to be put in its proper place. It needs to be something that assists in sharing the gospel, not the gospel itself. And uh, I think many times we can get excited about this. I remember even myself, um, having a conversation with when I was a resident talking to one of my attendings um, in my training you know it seems like many times even in my own church I have more in common with the people that are healthy you know outside of my faith than I do with people in my own church that care nothing about their faith or care nothing about their health and he sat there and said you know what those people don't have Jesus and you, you should be careful because the health message, there have been people in our church that have been right on health, but have been, that went right out the door. You know, we talked about Kellogg yesterday. Um, so we have to be careful. The health message is just a tool to point to Jesus. Um, and obviously it helps us to stay focused on our relationship with Christ. So let's, uh, let's see if I'm, I want to share a few uh, quotes from the Spirit of Prophecy. Um, the evangelization of the world is the work that God has given to those who go forth in his name. They are to be co-laborers with Christ, revealing to those ready to perish his tender, pitying love. God calls for thousands to work for him, not by preaching to those who know the truth, going over and over the same ground, but by warning those who have never heard the last message of mercy. Work with a heart filled with an earnest longing for souls. Do medical missionary work. Thus, you will gain access to what? <clears throat> the hearts of the people. The way will be prepared for more decided proclamation of the truth. You will find that relieving their physical suffering gives an opportunity to minister to their spiritual needs. I could end the talk here, because that really just sums it up. You do medical missionary work. You help people with their health to win access to their hearts to spread the gospel to the world. This is a call to medical evangelism, uh, page seven, paragraph two. What about the condition of your heart? <clears throat> and Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. We see that the way to reach their hearts, you know, it's, it's to do this medical missionary work, but we're, our hearts need to be at a place where we're wanting to help them. We see these people. We, you know, I, 
So sometimes it's very easy in my field of work to just get frustrated with these people for making these bad decisions. But then when you stop for a minute and look and see what the condition they're in, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, they're like, you know what, I, I hear this often, you know, Doc, I, I don't really want to change the way I eat or the way I live because, you know, I've given up so many things. Can I just have this one thing of happiness? But then they don't realize this one thing of happiness for them is actually ruining the rest of their life. You know, they're like sheep without a shepherd. And uh, if they could only see a better way. So uh, you have to have that compassion. And, and the patients can tell. I don't know how many times I've had patients tell me, you know, you're the, I've never had a doctor pray with me before. I've never had a doctor actually take time to, to talk to me about these things. You know, they just want to prescribe medications. And you actually talk to me about how to get off of medications. And uh, so take the time. Show that you actually care. Because you do care. Spend time. It's, it's all about spending that time in the morning with the Lord. And he'll guide you. Verse 37 and 38, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. So what is medical mission work? Medical mission work, uh, we should ever remember that the object of the medical missionary work is to point sin-sick men and women to the man of Calvary who taketh away the sin of the world. So if you are involved in the healing arts, but not pointing people to Christ, you're not doing medical missionary work. No matter if you are on a mission trip and people can't tell that uh, there's an ulterior motive involved, you know, it doesn't have to be blatant, but they can't see Christ in you, um, then it's just, it's not missionary work. So just want to keep that in mind. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sad and I was, when I was a medical student, <clears throat> um, it's very possible to go through medical training, nursing training, um, any of the allied health professionals or even um, any of the other medical missionary training programs and come out and just heal people and not heal the soul. That's not true medical missionary work. Okay, so I told you yesterday I'd share a little bit of my testimony of why I'm even interested in health. Uh, by way of review, uh, let's see here. How many yesterday took the Daniel Challenge? Let's see. Okay, a few. How many people, this is their first seminar of mine, okay, all right, so most people, okay, <laughs> so I probably should review then, okay, so I'm gonna do a quick review. Yesterday we talked about uh, per living a uh, purposefully healthy life, and we went through the Adventist health message, talked about, um, you know, why we even have a health message, you know, we talked about the beginning, oh, hey, Gabby, good to see you, all right, it's good to see some familiar faces, how we have a, a health message uh, because God was trying to show, we had a message to share. We have a last day message. The health message is to help proclaim the three angels' message more clearly. If we're dying off as a people because we're spreading the message and not taking care of ourselves, it's not going to be a very good living epistle uh, for the three angels' message. Uh, and we talked about um, science, or actually talked about stories and then science. Um, you know, the rocks are really crying out when it comes to the health message. We're hearing more about healthy living outside the church than inside the church nowadays, which is unfortunate. Um, but I don't think, I don't think the, the, the ball's not so far down the road that we can't get back and make it prominent. Because really, when you think about it, there's no other, you know, sect or denomination of Christianity that's really proclaiming this message. There's small little groups around in different parts of the states. Um, I know there's a group in the Carolinas that does a really good job. Um, a Baptist group, um, but really when it comes to, to health, we really can still be that head, you know, where we've kind of left off, so I, I want to encourage that. And then I gave a challenge, and um, I wasn't able to, to um, 
Actually, this probably is a good place to do it because there are so many new people. What I'm going to do is I, I, I wasn't able to talk about the Adventist Health uh, Study, so I'll do that now because I was supposed to do that at the beginning. Let's see here. Let's see if that's it, yep. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so, oh, and, and if you missed yesterday, we also had a little exercise program at the beginning. It's because it was, you know, we sat all day long. But um, Adventist Health Study 2, this is information, and this is uh, currently being evaluated. Um, there's, there's three sections to the Adventist Health Study. First one uh, was you know, the first group, and they've, now they're trying to revalidate uh, the information that was found in the second study and actually expanding on more information. To kind of, as you do one study to the next, you're trying to pull more information that's statistically significant for basically the lifestyle that Adventists live. Um, it's sponsored by the, um, the uh, National Institutes of Health, and so they're basically giving government money to study why do Seventh-day Adventists live so much longer as a people, as a group. And uh, really, it's, it's, it's exciting because a lot of the information they're, they're extrapolating from studying Adventists has been used to change a lot of the, uh, the rules and a lot of the uh, guidelines that the government uses for healthy lifestyle. So an extra 10 years of life, Adventist Health Study 1 demonstrated that five simple habits Adventists have promoted for over 100 years extend their life as much as 10 years in both men and women. So regular exercise, eating a plant-based diet, eating small amounts of nuts regularly, maintaining normal body weight, and not smoking. So these five things really just kind of came to the surface as things that, that we all as Americans should be doing because these Adventists are doing. Um, diet versus weight, they found that, you know, they divided uh, the Adventists into three major groups. Uh, within our church, there are people that, are, um, that continue to eat meat. Um, I myself was one of those for a long time, probably um, the first 10 years of my Adventist uh, life. Uh, I, I was a convert to the Adventist church. Semi-veg is, you know, either a, a lacto-ovo vegetarian or what's called a pesco-vegetarian, if you eat fish still, and then you've got the, the veg or the vegans, uh, which are completely plant-based. And there's a direct relationship with uh, the more, um, let's see here, the, the more, not extreme, but I guess the, uh, um, I guess the more vegetarian you are, the less you tend to weigh. Um, they divided things into better, poor uh, habits uh, versus men and women. And those men that tend to have the better habits, they actually lived about 11 years longer than the uh, Adventists that lived or that, uh, that had the poor habits. Uh, women, uh, almost as long, 8, 8.7. So there are unhealthy Adventists, you know. <laughs> You know, just because you, uh, your name is on the books doesn't mean you're going to live 10 years longer or 7 years longer. <laughs> Wish that was the case. Man, that would be a selling point, huh? Just put your name on the books. Interesting. Makes, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and uh, if you look at this, those five, uh, those five um, uh, factors, the one thing that seemed to help men the most uh, was frequent nut consumption. And for women, it's exercise. Um, it seemed like the women uh, need exercise more than God. We both need it, obviously 2.19 versus 2.14. This is obviously a huge study, um, but nuts seem to make a bigger difference more so than for the women. I mean, it's, it's the lowest uh, need for the females. Um, and obviously, you know, you know, avoiding being overweight, you know, having a high BMI, very important. 
vegetarian diet, vegetarian. so it's not just diet, but diet does contribute uh, all across the board. So that's why we talk about it so much. And so they, what they did is to compare. Now, California is known for, you know, the land of fruit and nuts. Um, it's, it's known for being a, um, that's kind of a joke there. I uh, went to medical school. Um, that's what my father-in-law used to call it when I was going to medical school there. But anyways, um, they looked, Californians across the board tend to be healthier than the rest of the population anyway. I live in Mississippi, and I do give a talk on obesity, and I get to highlight that every year that I live in a state that is leading the way in obesity. And, um, but uh, by God's grace, you know, the light will shine there, and at least maybe it'll go down to like number two, uh, which is our next door neighbor, Alabama. Um, but anyways, um, across the board, every, every single major cancer is benefited by Adventist lifestyle. And so you see here, this is Adventists that are Californians versus non-Adventist Californians. And this is cancer comparison rate. There's 100% more prostate cancer in Californians if they're not Adventist. You know, 103% more breast cancer, 78% more colon Just across the board, every single cancer, you're likely to have way more if you don't belong to a Seventh-day Adventist church. And this is just looking at Adventism versus non-Adventism. And we were able to tease out it's because of those five factors. Mm -hmm. No, that's right. That's a that's, okay, good point. This is, uh, this is just, you know, we, we, there's poor habits and healthier habits. And just like this uh, the sister here was talking about, this is every single Adventist, you know, and so it's, it's kind of skewed. And, and actually, when it says that Noese Adventists live five to seven years longer, that's taking into account those that have poor health habits along with those that are uh, very strict with their health. Yes, in the back. Yeah, actually, it's, uh, if you just go to, the, the question was, um, is there a reference? I, I need to be repeating these um, for the recording. If there is a, uh, a reference, if you go to Loma Linda's website and look for the Adventist Health Study, this is actually Loma, Loma Linda University, uh, the School of Public Health. There's, I think it's Dr. Frazier that's doing this uh, study. Um, you can actually, I pulled these slides straight off of their website. So, and you can, you can take these and give these as presentations at your local church or um, public seminar. Oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's, everything's kind of phase shifted down. So the first line is prostate, then see how that lung is at 20%. So I, when I converted the uh, slides to, see, I was trying to, I was trying to, well, anyways, I was trying to use my format, but it, it didn't like that. So, yep, no problem. Okay, so it's because of Adventists, we were the first to discover that fruits and vegetables actually reduce cancer risk. You hear the cancer, it's, I mean, it keep, they keep coming out. I don't know how many more fruits and vegetables we can actually eat. Um, but they say, you know, now it's five fruits, five vegetables. Oh, what's, and what time are we supposed to end today? It's 10 o'clock? 9.45? 9.45, okay. All right, we should be good. Okay, uh, fruits and vegetables reduce cancer risk. This is from the Adventists. Meat increases the risk of colon cancer. This was very exciting because I actually um, was a medical student studying um, just a, a regular medical review book on internal medicine. And I remember, and I, I, I wish I would have saved that book, but it wasn't interesting to me at the time because I wasn't actually living it. Um, but I remember reading, and they were going over colon cancer. And I was reading the, they give you a little bit of a, a background of the disease. And it said right there, uh, I want to say it was like NMS, internal medicine. I was studying for my boards, and it said, and uh, colon cancer rates, such and such, you know, 50% of the United States will develop whatever. Um, and it says, but amongst the strict Seventh-day Adventists who follow Adventist lifestyle, colon cancer is virtually zero. 
And I was like, wow, you know, and I looked in the back, I was like, is this Review and Herald, you know, I mean, and uh, no, it wasn't, it was, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, someone else seeing the benefits uh, that God has allowed us to have. Uh, beans reduce the risk of colon cancer. First discovered that tomatoes reduce the risk of prostate cancer. Um, soy milk, um, they found that, uh, let's see here, your relative risk for prostate cancer if you don't drink soy milk every day is the red bar, less than one a day. If you've never had it, uh, then it's that bar. And, and so the more, pro the more soy milk you drink, the less prostate cancer you seem to have. Um, and the question came up yesterday afterwards is, you know, what about breast cancer? You know, I've heard things about, you know, if you're getting too much soy, then, you know, there's conflicting. Um, this, I, I try to tell people this is a, soy is a good, there's good benefits to soy. But just like anything, we tend to, whenever we see something that's good, we tend to overdo it. And we, you know, I'm not, you know, the, more is not necessarily better when it comes to this. I, I tell people about a glass of soy milk a day is a, good, is a good way to do it. And if you can make it yourself, that's even better. First, to discover that nuts reduce the risk of heart disease. Whole wheat bread reduces heart disease. This is all from the Adventist Health Study. This is why you see this stuff on the shelves and on commercials now. Five glasses of water a day lowers heart disease risk. Okay, so that was the Adventist Health Study, and then we, we gave a little challenge. And actually, I'm going to just uh, show you guys a challenge that I gave to the people yesterday since you weren't here. We're going to just scroll through that way. Talked about Daniel and how Daniel for 10 days took on the Adventist Health message um, before there was ever an Adventist, you know, just biblical. Um, let's see if I can get here. I'm going to scroll through. Almost there. Okay, so the Daniel challenge, step it up for 10 days. So I challenged people yesterday. So if you, I'm not going to have you stand up, but if you want to take part of this, is somebody gave me this challenge when I was in medical school after my first year, and I did the 10 days, and now it's been 10 years, and um, I feel so much better, and I actually feel younger at age 33 than I was at age 23, because I was really not following this health message. Uh, but anyways, uh, if you're, for your diet for the next 10 days, skip animal products, decrease, cut out an evening meal, if, especially if you're overweight. Eat five fruits and five veggies each day and limit your processed foods. Activity, uh, 30 plus minutes, so 30 minutes at least. And the more vigorous it is, the less it has to be. But if you're just walking and you're not walking, and you're walking, you can carry a conversation. It needs to be at least 30 minutes. Uh, outside is preferable that you get that fresh air um, on most days of the week, so at least five days a week. Uh, water, drink only water. Uh, for this 10 days, that's all Daniel was able to drink. He stayed away from the King's wine and the King's Red Bull and all the others. Um, sleep, uh, bed by 10 p.m., wake up by 6 a.m., share. Find one person to join you on this journey or share this with somebody else. Some of the things that you're, you're uh, so don't just keep this to yourself. Okay, and with that, we're going to switch back to the other talk. Okay. All right, so just kind of the refocus. Um, the purpose of medical missionary work is to point people to the man of Calvary. Okay, so my story, just real quick, uh, why um, this is important to me. Um, you know, growing up, I wasn't raised in the Ad as an Adventist, and so we ate everything. Um, anything that crawled on the face of the earth was our, our food. Just uh, cooked, of course. A uh, combination of active and sedentary. I remember, 
you know, my dad was in the Marine Corps, was in the military, and um, we came home from school and I would just go straight to the refrigerator and just eat anything, you know? And um, he was an officer in the Marine Corps and it was fairly embarrassing to have three fat uh, boys that, you know, he carted around. He's like this chiseled uh, machine. And uh, so he would, he would actually, um, he, would, he would encourage us, um, quote unquote, to uh, do sports. And we did sports and he actually came up with this thing called a, um, he would give us five cents for every half a mile we'd run and says, listen, you're going to fill this chart up. I was like, all right. You know, and so, so I, I would, uh, we, we quickly became um, introduced to exercise, but you know, the diet didn't change. And so it's very hard to get to a healthy weight without making a diet change if you're just exercising all the time. Um, because you can, stay, you can be fat and still exercise. Um, there's an obese child. This is a picture of me um, in the middle. Actually here in Florida on vacation, going to Disney World and SeaWorld sea and all that. Uh, but uh, I was sucking in. Uh, <laughs> that's me in the middle and my uh, mom and sisters and brothers. Uh, but yeah, I struggled with weight all the time. And actually, I joke around about it. It's, uh, you know, um, I didn't have a problem with, uh, with girls growing up because because I, uh, I was the fat, funny kid, and uh, the Lord saved me for my wife, so. Um, and even today, I mean, I still struggle with my weight. I think I have the fat gene, so if I just kind of just eat whatever I want at all times, then I'm gonna get fat, you know? I'm actually a little bit on the heavier side right now than I'm, I would like to be because of the holidays, um, but um, I try to start my New Year's resolutions actually in the middle of December, um, that way, going into the bigger holidays, I'm not, um, you know, forced to or tempted to eat too much. I uh, became an Adventist about 14 years old. I was a freshman in high school. Um, learned about a lot of the principles, didn't adopt. I, basically, the, I basically followed the least amount, you know, just I gave up pepperoni on my pizza and, um, you know, that's pretty much, pretty much it, you know. I mean, everything else, trying to think if there anything else changed, you know. I mean, I remember being in college and I started, I was really getting into working out. I was uh, lifting weights, you know, I was benching over 300 pounds on the gymnastics team. And, and dinner for me after gymnastics was, I'd go to Burger King and I'd order five Whoppers with no bread. And just, uh, and it was like, I was big on the Atkins diet, you know, protein, protein, protein. I'd probably get at least 200 grams of protein a day from animal sources. And um, I was big, you know, I was really big, but I was not healthy. I remember going to my first chip program when I got to Loma Linda and they measured my cholesterol. <laughs> it was not good. They were like, I remember as Hans Deal himself came up to me, he's like, man, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm healthy. Look at me. He's like, yeah, but you look like a 50 year old on the inside. So, so that and some other people uh, spoke to me. Uh, my wife, um, who was my girlfriend at the time, was raised a vegetarian. Um, as an Adventist, um, and she would always give me a hard time about my meal choices. And so, you know, you, can't, you hear all these different voices. I remember, let's see here, being a vegetarian in 2003, I was actually, um, it was, you know, there's so many different things, but I had actually, I, I was hearing all these things. I was a first year medical student, and I remember uh, just seeing people that, were, that had these unhealthy lifestyles, and finally I started thinking to myself, you know what? Um, I need to, if I'm going to be a physician telling other people how to live healthy, I need to really start thinking about this myself, you know, because obviously multiple people are saying I'm not healthy. Um, so I remember my cholesterol was like over 230 or something like that total. You know, I was 22 years old and, and I, uh, and, uh, but I, if you would have looked at me, you would have thought I was in pretty good shape. 
Um, but anyways, I, uh, I took, uh, I went to, okay, I went to the uh, Loma Linda market. I don't know if you've ever been to Loma Linda. It's, if you've been to like Southern, you've got like the Southern or the Village Market. It's one of these Adventist-run uh, grocery stores. That has pretty much any health food you'd like. And I, I remember going in there, and I, I wasn't averse to eating vegetarian-type foods like the meat analogs and things like that. I had grown up off and on eating those things. And, and uh, I remember I'd asked the Lord prior to going in this one time, Lord, if you want me to become a vegetarian, you have to show me a sign. I remember being a religious, or my religion course, and the pastor there that was teaching it said, you know, if you put God to the test, ask him to be specific, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll answer your prayer. And so I prayed it. And I remember going to this, the Loma Linda Market, and I walked in, and I was going down the aisles. There was, like, nobody in the place. It was almost about to close. And there was this little Korean family, like four or five people, hunched over in front of the meat freezer section. Um, I'm not sorry, the uh, freezer section. There's no meat in the... Um, the grocery store, but I remember the, the frozen food section, and they had like two buggies, and they're like piling boxes into their, into their, I'm sorry, grocery carts. Um, they call them buggies in the South. I don't know if, but anyways, grocery carts. They're piling them in, and, uh, and I was like, man, what's going on? And I looked, and, and um, apparently there was a, uh, basically these, in a nutshell, there was, they had done something wrong. They had mislabeled the, the uh, sale that was going on in the, these, uh, these burgers, and they were $5 a box normally, but with the sales, the double sales, it was only 25 cents a box. And I was like, oh, wow. I was like, no wonder these guys are loading up. So I went and got my cart and filled up the thing. I, I got like 100 boxes of, uh, and each of those come with like four patties in it. And, um, and, I, uh, and uh, I think it cost me less than 20 bucks for the whole thing. And uh, so I got to the cash register, and it's dinging and dinging. And I remember the cash register saying something like, Wow, you're very, very fortunate. Somebody must be like, you know, we must have messed up, or I don't know why these are so cheap. And it's like a light bulb went off, and and uh, it's like, oh, and it's like this voice is like, there's your answer, you know. And I remember I had to go home and open up the freezer. And Ellie, he's, he was a medical student with me, and I used to bring him over because I got you get to the point where you get tired of these things. And so I would bring friends over. <laughs> what are you guys doing for lunch? You want to go to my house? <laughs> That, that, um, I had to actually op take out all the chicken and hamburger patties and steak out of the freezer, and I actually had to take the patties out of the boxes, and I put them in. It looked like a coin stack inside of my freezer. <laughs> and um, that lasted six, I mean, I think it was a year later when I finally ate the last one. And, um, but anyways, I mean, it, it was what the Lord used to get me off of uh, meat. And then uh, the following year, um, I was at a Bible study, uh, by a friend of mine, his name's Alistair, and he did this. He, he challenged us with the Daniel challenge, kind of like we, um, we gave here today. Ten days, if you're a vegetarian, go vegan. I was like, oh, I'm vegetarian. And so I tried it, and uh, I found that a lot easier, cutting out the dairy products and the eggs than giving up meat. My wife, it was harder the other way. And, um, you know, I started to realize, you know, I was growing more and more spiritually as I started to give God victories in my life and health. And uh, so I saw that. You know, I talked to you earlier, you know, you, this little cartoon I saw, it's, uh, it's pretty, you know, if you're going to be somebody that shares and helps people with their problems, you got to show in your own life that you've had victory yourself in those issues, right? You know, I'm not saying that you're never going to, I mean, I, 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 I'm honest with you, it's, I mean, health is something I still struggle with, but um, the more you share it and the more you help other people improve, the more you continue to improve. And, uh, so, and this applies not just to health, but anything in life, you know, 
You probably think I've got nerve putting you on a diet, you know, you get the fat doctor telling the fat patient to lose weight, you know, or the doctor that sm smells like cigarette smoke, you know, things like that, you know. Christ used various methods from Christ's, okay, yeah, so from Christ's methods of labor, we may learn many valuable lessons. He did not f follow merely one method. In various ways, he sought to gain the attention of the multitude. And then he proclaimed to them the truths of the gospel, evangelism 123. So really, when it comes to using the, the health message to reach the hearts of people, it's just like any other field. You have to understand what their needs are and it's fairly easy. I mean, really, I think of um, when you do healthcare. If you're if you're somebody that sees patients on a regular basis, I mean, it's almost like the Lord lays them on your laps many times because you don't have to knock on their door because you have to almost help them realize a need when you go to a door, and which is very possible. But they already have a need when they're coming to you. It's just trying to find the right words at the right time to share truths. Kind of like what David David Kim was. Uh, he gave the analogy of fly fishing. You know, you cast, you throw something out there. And maybe something like, you know, hey, great to meet you today. God bless. And if, you know, and some people be like, oh, oh, yeah, God bless you too. You know, the next time you see them that you could probably have a little bit more of a spiritual conversation. Uh, many times when I meet patients for the first time, I'll say something like, you know, health is important. It's so important that God put it in the first chapter of the book of the Bible. You know, oh, man, I've never heard a doctor talk about that. Or you'll have some people will be like, oh, oh, okay. And they'll just totally blow it off. You know, you, you, you log that in the back of your mind. I've... I've, uh, um, I've probably prayed with more than a thousand patients in the course of my young career. And I've only had, I can count on one hand how many people have said no. And um, it was uh, two Buddhists, an atheist, who later on, um, the Lord opened a way for me to give her a desire of ages and she let me pray with her the following visit. Um, and I can't even remember the other two. Um, but prayer is such an innocuous way. Oh, the other two were um, Jehovah's Witness. Um, uh, <laughs> you're not praying to the same God, I guess, apparently. But anyways, um, but yeah, the, uh, prayer is a way that people, I, mean, I mean, people of various faiths love it because it shows you have compassion upon them and that you want to help them. And, um, and I'll usually pray in a fairly generic way initially, uh, especially if I'm praying with Muslims. Um, I, don't, I choose not to pray in Jesus' name at the end. You know, I pray in God's name. Um, until I develop a relationship and tell them about Jesus. Um, but anyways, that's just uh, one way. But you really want to wanna be as flexible as possible to find, you know, um, Ellen White and Christ Object Lessons talks about this science of soul winning, you know, the ability to be able to learn. It's not just, you know, it's, I, I get upset sometimes. I, I live in the South and, you know, and you see these people and they put these signs up on the trees and it says like, you know, gays are going to hell, you know, you know, and things like that. And there may be truth in some of the things that are up there, but the way that it's done is, is brooding an army for Satan, you know, and it's not the way Christ would do it. And it's not, it becomes, it doesn't become the truth because of the way it's said, you know, so, or you stand up on a box in the middle of the street in Pensacola and you say, if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to burn for eternity and things like that. And so there is a way, I mean, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. So various methods, you know, office-based consultations I like uh, because it's one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but there are times a lecture with an appeal really makes a difference, you know. It's hard, you know, there's something about being up front and having people there listen. And, um, you, you know, it, it gives you a little more credibility um, and ability to be able to do things you can't do one-on-one, -on -one, at least at the same amount of time. Group seminars are great. 
Uh, health fairs, we try to do this with students at the school that my wife teaches at. It really, um, you know, you know, if everyone's interested in their health, we set up camp in front of like a grocery store or a library or Walmart. And, um, and uh, we've had hundreds of people come through. Web-based health assessments, in-home treatments, lifestyle centers are great. Uh, the media, uh, mission hospitals around the world, short-term mission disaster. I'm gonna, number 10, I'm gonna be talking, the last two I'm gonna be talking about tomorrow afternoon, just kind of a plug for that, on uh, how meeting people when they're really in need um, during disasters and even on short-term uh, mission trips really opens up big doors, huge doors um, uh, for sharing the gospel. So public meetings, and there's a whole host of them. These are just a few that I've tried. Uh, CHIP, it used to be, when I tried it before, it was the Coronary Health Improvement Pro Program, but now it's a com complete health. Um, and if you, it's a 30-day program, excellent. If you haven't, um, actually, I'm sorry, it's, I think it's 60 days. I can't remember, is it 30? 30 days, okay, yeah, that's right, 30 days. Um, and it was, I actually went through the CHIP program myself and then uh, helped teach it. This is, it's been almost 10 years, but, um, but that's where I've really started to learn a lot of principles and actually saw um, I think my cholesterol in that 30-day period went from 230 to 130, you know, just by changing my diet. And uh, Nelly Depression Recovery Program, that's a great one. Um, I, I've, I think this program, more than any other, has done a good job of not just sharing the health message, but also helping people to come into the faith. Because something about being depressed, and all of a sudden they're happy, and they relate happiness to the Bible, and they want to know more about the, the man that gave them happiness. Wellsprings Diabetes Program, that's uh, something put together by the Lifestyle Center of America. Creation Health, Florida Hospitals, uh, kind of uh, their version of the Eight Principles of Health, really good program, well done. Um, the Best Way, it's a kind of a weight loss program that uh, it's totally free. That one, I mean, it's, it's a, a doctor in Texas put that together years ago, and um, I still use it um, as a way to help people uh, to, to lose weight and find health, healthy cooking classes you can do. Breathe free, stop smoking, and then you know, come up with your own. You know, that's I, I personally think that if you can look at some of these resources and come up with your own, you knew you know that the best. You know, so allows for group motivation. So some of the benefits: um, group interaction. There's an accountability amongst other people. When they leave, they have other people that are are doing the same thing with them. Kind of like the appeal that we gave. When you know there's someone else, that's why I want to I want you to share. Um, that message with somebody else because it uh, really ingrains it in yourself. Allows for audio-visual presentations and illustrations. It's hard to do this on a one-on-one -on -one consultation. You know, there's things you can see and a lot you can cover. Um, I want to share with you a story. Um, this is actually the first time I gave this. I gave the talk yesterday. Um, the first time I was asked to share. That's the first actual lecture that I had done on health. And um, this is a guy. Uh, his name is Jose. And uh, he came to one of my health talks back when I was in residency. And I'm just going to read you his story. Jose Rivera. The largest weight I have obtained was shortly after high school at, the age, at uh, th over 300 pounds. I tried lots of things to lose weight and even lost 50 pounds by going on the Atkins diet. That didn't last, however, because I did not seek health from a Christian standpoint. I chose to lose weight for the wrong reasons. I did not develop a routine for a lifestyle, a lifestyle of health and quickly gained all the weight back. One day at church, I was challenged by Dr. Shives to try something called a Daniel challenge. Basically, it's a 10-day challenge to eat the diet that Daniel and his friends 
8 when they tested, and they were tested to be true to God. I tried it and lost 10 pounds in 10 days. After that, I determined as Daniel to eat nothing that would defile myself. It was a long struggle, but just like Daniel, I relied on the power of God to overcome my years of bad habits. In addition to being overweight, my overall health was horrible. Even though I was barely 20, I had high cholesterol. I had been diagnosed with sleep apnea. Uh, my blood pressure was consistently hypertensive in the range 145 over 90 or higher. I was always stressed because of various issues, so I took a lot of aspirin. This did a number on my stomach, and I ended up with a stomach ulcer, chronic indigestion, acid reflux. I couldn't sleep on my back and would have to sleep in a chair. I frequently would have heart palpitations and had to wear a heart monitor for a month. I had anxiety. I would wake up drenched in sweat and panic and shaking, but I, had, but I have to give glory to God who created principles to guide me back to health. Little by little and step by step, I started to make significant changes in my life. As far as diet is concerned, I cut out red meat, then all meat except fish, then finally fish, then cheese and dairy, then condiments and spices, and thanks be to God, I am now medication-free, guilt-free, and stress-free, and also fat-free. I also started exercising more, riding my bike as much as I could whenever I could. From over 300 pounds, I got to my lowest weight of 140 pounds. This is him and his mom. Uh, and in less than a year, it was about six months. Uh, however, many of my friends and family thought I was too skinny, so I ate a few avocados and peanut butter sandwiches, and I am now hovering between 153 to 157. I love being a normal weight the way God intended me to be. I can now sleep like a baby. They get the best sleep. I ride my bicycle several miles every day. I want, and he went to this uh, exercise group called Witness for Fitness once and found out that he could run more than a mile before he can even run 20 seconds without feeling like he was going to pass out. I thank God for restored health. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Like Paul says, 1 Corinthians 9, 27. Won't you look that up? So he really is a new creature. Um, and uh, I remember seeing him six months after I gave the presentation at church over at Forest Lake. And he's like, hey, Dr. Shaz, how's it going? I was like, man, who's this? I've never seen him before. You know? And he's like, it's Jose. Jose? You know, I mean, you look like a totally different person. You know, I mean, this is crazy. I was like, I gotta take a picture of you, man. This is great. So... And when you see, I mean, all you got to do is be a mouthpiece for the Lord, share the truth, and people will listen, you know? One-on-one interactions. Okay, so we have public meetings. The woman that left her water pot went away into the city and said to men, come and see a man who told me all the things that I ever did. Could this be Christ? So then they went out, and out of the city and came to him. So, I mean, you know, you, there's something about one-on-one interactions as well. You know, you have the public meetings, but, you know, you find many of the major um, conversions that you see in the Bible, that Christ, uh, you know, Christ's um, ministry were these one-on-one conversions. Nicodemus at night, the woman at the well, his disciples for three, three and a half years. I mean, the really, so there's, so I mean, you can do the public meetings, but you have to have a way to, to turn it into a one-on-one later, um, or the one-on-one, the one-on-one meetings at the beginning as well, but, um, but, because uh, that's where the discipling, the discipleship comes in. Your audience is not distracted at this point. It's just you and them. So if they're, you know, playing on their phones or if they're, you know, doing something else, you can see them because you're talking right to them, right? Um, instant feedback. You're able to see exactly what they're thinking, ask questions, answers questions immediately, many times a bigger result. I'm just going to share with you a few stories. Uh, when I was a, a resident, um, there's this gentleman that was suffering with chronic pain. His name is Joe and uh, came in to see me. And it was like, Dr. Shives, I'm suffering from pain and I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, have you tried? He's like, how much, I asked him, I was like, how much water do you drink? You know, and he's like, oh, I don't drink water at all. I was like, oh, really? 
Well, you know, water is kind of like the lubrication uh, for, your, for your, your body, you know, and much the way you put oil if you have creaking joints, water is kind of that fluid that helps the synovial fluid to, um, to really provide, um, you know, from the joint perspective, then also the muscles as well to, to provide uh, easy movement. He's like, I never thought of it that way. So like, oh, yeah, 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 you should try it. And he's like, okay, I'll try it. And we got to talking and, and um, I really try to avoid prescribing pain medications as much as possible. And so I was like, why don't we try this first? He's like, well, I'll try it. And I was like, you know what? You know, be, no, I said, um, I said, and you know what? And, and I didn't know what his religious background was. And I just said, you know, I just, I, it's kind of like what David Kim was talking about yesterday. I just, you know, just when you spend time immersing yourself in the Bible, spend time in church, spend time around other people, you just kind of speak Bible talk. You know, it just kind of comes out naturally. So it's not like you're talking, you're talking, talking. Oh, and by the way, um, uh, God bless you. You know, I mean, it just sounds so unnatural. I, I, what I, I, I either said, I can't remember, this has been about eight years ago. I said, I either said, oh, I know, it wasn't keep the faith. I said, and Joe, be strong in the Lord. And I just, I'd heard a sermon where somebody said that or something. It just kind of came out of my mouth. And he looked at me, he's like, okay. This guy comes back a month later off all his pain medications. And we are um, doing a uh, discover, I can't remember what year it was, but Mark Finley came down to do a prophecy, 08. Yeah, Discovery 08 over at the Forest Lake Church. And um, I was like, he's like, man, I've been, I've been, I've been strong in the Lord, Dr. Shai. I've been strong, just like you said. I've, I've said it to myself every day, you know, for the last month. And I'm like, whoa, I just, I just kind of just spit it out, you know. And he's like, I've been strong in the Lord, I've been strong in the Lord. You said it, you said it. And I was like, okay, all right, awesome. And uh, so we started praying together, started doing Bible studies together, invited him to go to um, um, uh, Discovery 08. Um, he ended up joining the church, became an Adventist. Um, and... Um, he ended up going, I mean, just amazing, uh, just because I said, be strong in the Lord, <laughs> casting, you know. And, I, and I, as I've looked back at all the different people that the Lord's allowed me to be able to impact, it really is just divine appointments that he sets up. It's nothing that I did extra, you know. But it, it was either God sent me somebody that was very strong, that, that was ready to hear it because I was weak in my faith, or he sent me somebody that was ready, and I just happened to be talking because I was strong in my faith at that time. This is a young lady that uh, goes to our church now, um, Janice and her husband, Rex. They, uh, she came to my office and her blood pressure was over 200 systolic. So if you don't know what that is, it's just very, very high, it's very bad. And she was already on like three different blood pressure medications. Um, so I was like, okay, she's on the three main ones and she's got allergies to the other ones, what do I do? And I remember my, um, uh, one of my nurses was like, Dr. Shav, just give her some Valium. She's stressed out. I was like, she's stressed out. And this is before I went and actually talked to her. I was looking at her chart. So I went and talked to her and uh, I said, you know, what's going on? You know, what's causing you this, what, what's causing your blood pressure to be so high? She's like, I don't know. It's been this way for the last five years. And, and I was like, and I just sat there and I remember a, a, a seminar that uh, Mark Finley gave a few years back and he was talking about stress and how it, uh, you know, there's, there's usually a spiritual reason behind it. So I just sat there and I talked to her. I was like, do you have any stress in your life? She's like, yeah, I do. I was like, why? I was like, and I asked her, I was like, do you have, any, do you have, a, do you have faith in God? She's like, yeah, I do. I was like, well, how is your faith in God helping you with your stress? She's like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel like God's answering my prayers. And, and she, she felt like people were following her around her home and that there was just these people that were surrounding her and following her. And, and I was like, uh, I was like, wow, you need to, 
let's pray about this. And I was like, are there actually people there? And she's like, no, there's not because my husband thinks I'm crazy. I'm paranoid. I'm locking doors and I'm putting extra locks and I feel like people are out to get me. And, and I, I was quickly realizing her blood pressure was probably because of this, at least partly. And so we had prayer together and I said, come on back and I want, I'm going to keep praying for you until the next time I see you to see how your blood pressure does. And uh, she came back and it, it hadn't, you know, hadn't improved that much. I had another blood pressure medication and uh, it was pretty much the same. I was like, you know what, Janice, I think you're going to need something besides blood pressure medication for this one. And so I said, I've got this spiritual counselor. You know, he's a, uh, he's, it's actually my pastor. And, um, and uh, he, and what's cool is that I can, he used to be in the medical field, but he, he felt the call to the ministry. And so I was like, I want to hook you up. And he's got a, he's got a Bible study on fear. And uh, so he, so I hooked Janice up with, uh, with my pastor, Pastor Glenn Marshall, and they started studying. They studied for about six months, and she and her husband um, ended up accepting all the Bible studies and are now part of our church. And they, she leads out in the, our, our community outreach and, and her husband as well. And uh, she, is, she was on five blood pressure medications. And at one point, we got her off completely all the medications because her blood pressure was so low. And it was pretty much just from finding a new, uh, renewed trust in God that she had not had while she was, I mean, she was going to church every Sunday, um, but had just lost that connection with the Lord. And, um, and I just remember asking her, you know, what are you afraid of? And showing, and in this situation, um, I wasn't, I didn't have the time to be able to add another Bible study, um, but my pastor was like, give me them, you know, I want, I want to study. And so um, being able to link in with other people, I wanted to mention that, you know, if you don't have time, there's probably other people in your church that would be willing I mean, ask your pastor. Pastors, you know, they don't have the same access um, at many times as healthcare professionals, you know, so being able to do that is great. And not all Bible studies go well. I, I've, the, the top two are the real names because they've actually joined the church, so they don't mind me asking. But these, are, these are ongoing Bible studies that haven't actually panned out, so I've changed their names. There's the Gibsons. We invited them to our prophecy seminar, um, small group Bible study afterwards. And, and you know, it, we've developed a good friendship with them, but but, uh, the, you know, we've in, there's even times where different truths were accepted by one of them, but then they go home and the other person says, you know what, you know, our, this is going to pull us away from our church. And that, unfortunately, these things happen. I'm still trying to find a good balance between when to kind of stop these studies when they're just becoming, they, they turn into arguments after a while. Um, but uh, I think that, that there, there's, there's some studies that you just have to, realize that they may not be just like, you know, um, David Kim was given the analogy of fruit. They're, the apple may not be ripe enough to pull off the tree yet, but your interaction with them may help to get it started. So don't feel like you always have to be the person to be the one that leads them to the, the, um, the baptistry. I had a, uh, I've had several pastors. One of them's a vegan, uh, Pastor Tim. Uh, he's had me gave, uh, he's a big, he was a big, uh, big fan of the China study. He's a, he's a, these are the three big, three big churches in the town I live in. Um, and God has allowed me to one way or another to meet all of them. Uh, so pastor Bob actually had gout and I met with him several times. Like, listen, you know, you got to try this, this, uh, this, uh, plant-based diet. And he just wouldn't listen to me. He's like, all right, well, I, I listened to you and I cut out red meat. I was like, I didn't say cut out red meat. I said cut out all meat, you know, and cut out all dairy. He's like, I know, but I heard you, but I wasn't listening. And so I cut out red meat. I was like, did your gout go away? No. And so the next time, he's like, all right, I cut out, I cut out everything except for fish. I, I didn't say that. He's like, I know, but I, that's what I did. <laughs> and so I was like, all right. Still comes with gout. He's in pain, so I'm still, pay, I'm, you know, I'm giving him pain medication so he can function. 
It's like, listen, God wants to give you complete victory over this brother, and you've got to try. Just do it for, just try 10 days. Just try it. And he's like, all right, fine. And he stopped coming. And uh, through one of his parishioners, who was a nurse of mine, said, you know, Pastor Bob is doing great. You know, he stopped eating. You know, he's talking about his diet. So he, 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 he went to a complete vegan lifestyle for about a month. And um, got completely off his gout medications. No more gout pain. No more, and he was able to, like, go back to exercise. And this guy is, like, 39 years old. And um, he, uh, he came back to me later and was talking to me. And I actually, he actually came to our church and he gave his... Uh, to, the, to the, the young people um, during prayer meeting, he gave his testimony of how, how the, because, you know, I mean, you go to some of these Adventist schools and the kids have a heart, they, they complain about the food and, you know, and they're, they're not being raised in their homes with the Adventist health message. And so these institutions that the Lord's raised, you know, the God's place of institutions, you know, they, they get a lot of, get a lot of, um, they get a lot of pushback from either family members or things like that. So I was like, you know what? Let's have this Baptist preacher come in and say, listen, guys, stop complaining. This is, this is biblical. And look what it did for me. And so I mean, we, have a good, we have a good group of kids. You know, a lot of them do like the, the, the healthy lifestyle that we're trying to, to show them. But there are those that complain. But, you know, this guy, is, uh, he's, a, he's a proponent for the health message. And he's a Baptist. Uh, Pastor Tim, he is also, he's the, the United Methodist Church in town. Uh, he loved it so much. He wanted me to give his parishioners. Say, Dr. Shives fixed them for me. You know? <laughs> it's like, look what they eat during potluck. And he's a, he's a complete vegan, you know, and every time he'll, when he falls off the bandwagon, he'll gain 50 pounds and then he'll, he'll Facebook me and say, oh, Dr. Shives, I need to get back on the, on the wagon. You know, I'm sorry I fell off. I was like, don't tell me, just get back on, you know. And then, and then the, the bigger church, the big Baptist church in town, he let me put on a weight loss program. I mean, develop these relationships, you know, health, is not something that Adventists only need, but you can, you can develop credibility in your, in your town um, and say, hey, listen, I've got this health program. This is the results I've had, and it's all biblical, you know, and try to stay. You stay on common ground during these health talks, you know. It's not a great place to be preaching about the Sabbath when they've invited you into their church, and all of a sudden you're, you know, but you can develop these relationships, and then you can talk about things, you know, for rest, and then they ask you questions, because you want to have those bridges, and there's going to come times where you're going to have to say, listen, this is what I believe, and this is the benefit that God has given me. They can't go against that, because this, this is something that, you know, but you've got to develop that credibility on common ground. It's so important. Otherwise, you won't come back. So tools. Um, we don't have a lot of time here. Let me just even go through all these. Okay. So, you know, I've already discussed pretty much all of these things. You know, invite, um, invite uh, people that have interest to other venues, Discuss healthy lifestyles, how they can come off medication. That's always a great incentive. Discuss, always, always give God a plug because really it's his principles. It's not ours. And uh, allow people to realize that it's the creator, God, that came up with these principles for your physical health. And he wants to heal you spiritually as well. Um, and wait for God to develop the seed, but have regular checks. I, I, what I'd like to do is I have created this little handout and it kind of, and I use New Start. Um, it's a great little acronym. And just real quick, studies have shown that at least 70% of our health is based on our choices. That means whether or not we are in good health is based upon our decisions. We have, here are some health, or here are some tips from two reputable sources, the Bible and science, to help you make a new start. Those who live by these principles live 10 or more years longer than the others. Oh, I wanted to mention from the health, Adventist Health Study, they found that those people that are, are that were the poor habits, the, you know, which tended to be the people that continue to eat meat, they live about two years longer than the average population. 
Those that are lacto-ovo-vegetarians live about three to five years longer than the average population. Those that are vegan vegetarians and also apply a lot of the other health principles, they're living 10 plus years longer than the average population. And so that's why they've taken that average over all three groups and said, Adventists live five to seven years longer than everyone. But when you look at, you know, between the lines, if you really want that maximum um, benefit, you know, we talked yesterday about athletes that have adopted that as well. So it's not just about living longer, living to 100, but it's also about living healthier when you're 20 and 30 and having better performance and being able to just, um, just, just to function well. So, and you know, and, and I put in rest, you know, eight hours of sleep each night and a 24 hour uh, Sabbath, which is from work is optimal. Resting is a command from God. And so I point him back to the, you know, the fourth commandment in the Bible. Um, but it doesn't say anything about Saturday or seventh day. I just want them, if they're, if they're interested, they can go back and read it for themselves. And then, and I tell people all the time, hey, well, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. I want them to know I'm not hiding it from them. Because if you, pre if you pre present a very positive lifestyle, a very positive thing, people will be attracted to it. And you become a poster board for Seventh-day Adventists. You know, and so, but if you're somebody that no one wants to be, you know, you're kind of shooting everyone else in the foot. So, the best tool is you. Experience God daily. Remove distractions from your life that keep you from being in tune with the Lord. Remind yourself often of your goals. Um, why are you doing this? You know, are you not just doing this to make money? Or are you not just doing, you're doing this because you're trying to share Jesus with other people. Live the eight laws of health yourself. Find ways to interact outside of your core relationships. Get out there. Rub shoulders with people that don't believe the same way you do. Find ways. I told people yesterday, I like to do road races and triathlons and um, things like that. Um, Find ways, you know, get hobbies that are neutral, that don't take away from your, but, but are evangelistic in nature, uh, ways for you to, sh to rub shoulders with people. Be yourself. Don't be someone you're not. Pray that God will give you a passion for the lost. Make a point to bring up spiritual topics with everyone you meet. Look for signs for that low-lying fruit and develop church relationships with your contacts because you may not be able, you'll pray, Lord, find these contacts. You'll find that the harvest truly is plenteous we don't have time ourselves to deal with all of the, or to, to, to have all these Bible studies. So make these contacts with other people. Okay, um, maybe a couple of questions, and then uh, we'll have to, to go. Is there anybody that has a, a question yesterday or today? Yes. When I did it, I, I use um, when I lost weight or when. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I've used the, the one I use the most is the best way. Um, if you just Google the best, and it's not W-A-Y, it's, it's like, you know, how, how much you weigh. And um, just put like best way, SDA. This guy, I mean, you can just, he'll, uh, it's, it's totally free. It's like Linux. It's open source, you know. He lets you use whatever. And yes? Okay. Sure, yeah, yeah. So I'll, if, you, if anybody wants my PowerPoint slides, just, um, and you're more than welcome to, there's references for a lot of the studies. Um, my, my one request is that take the information and make it your own. You know, don't just go up there and say, you're, you're a lot more credible if you should, but you know, show the references. Um, but write down here, this is my email address. If you send me a request, I'll send you my PowerPoints from uh, yesterday and today. It's uh, Jason. Shives, that's J-A-S-O-N-S-H-I-V-E-S at gmail.com. Send me a, a request and I'll send you my PowerPoints. Uh, it may be right after, the, um, right after the seminar when I have better internet access, but uh, I'll make sure to get those to you. 
and uh, hope, hopefully you can spread this information. So, all right, I don't want you guys to be late for outreach. I'm ready to go to, I got my running shoes to go door to door. Hope you guys can go too. It's a great way to, to pray. Um, why don't we stand for a word of prayer and we'll, we'll get going. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to be able to be here at GYC. Thank you for the young people that have uh, organized this conference. And Lord, as we uh, think about health, Lord, help us to continue to always keep the proper focus in mind. Help us to realize that uh, you are wanting to come soon and that you're wanting to use us. And uh, help us to have contacts and uh, just people that we are, will be able to, uh, to reach not only in 2014, but uh, Lord, in the next couple of days um, that we could share this message with. Lord, as we seek to live a healthy lives ourselves, uh, I pray that each and every one of us would grow closer to you. And because of that, we'll develop spiritual interest in other people. And uh, be with us now as we go in outreach. Help us to be able to find people that are, are hungering. And uh, I pray that uh, you could use GYC. I know there's a, a great controversy going on. There's a battle going on. Lord, I pray that you prepare the way and help us to see your hand be mighty this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, have a good day. See you tomorrow afternoon for 6. This message was recorded by Fountain View Productions for GYC. GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire and equip young people to be vibrant, Bible-based, and Christ-centered Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, please visit us online at www.gycweb.org.